Welcome to the Vine Life Podcast. We're a church in Manchester who love Jesus, each other, and our city. Catch up on this week's message and more. Wow, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for that warm welcome. Privileged to be here this morning. Uh, my name's Neil, and um, you may or may not have met me before, um, but I'm part of this church family. I've been part of this church family 25 years this year, I realise. That's a bit nuts. Also makes me feel a bit old, but never mind. Um, I'm married to Sarah, who's out. Um, doing Explorers this morning. You might have met Sarah as well. And three of my children are around uh, in the building. I can't actually see them all, but anyway. Um, yes, so we are a busy family. Um, while I've got the microphone as well, the other part of my life is Barnabas. Uh, we're a, uh, I work for a homeless charity uh, in Manchester, and uh, we work closely with people who are rough sleeping and coming out of homelessness. And uh, this beautiful church family uh, partners with Barnabas, along with many churches around the city. Um, but obviously I'm biased because it's my church family. Uh, so I, uh, I always bring up this topic when I've got the microphone. But it's particularly pertinent because this week we have some training available for you this coming Saturday um, for our new Sustain project. Um, and Sustain project is basically where I'm looking for a church with a team of people who will look after somebody who's been resettled into a private tenancy, a place to call their own home. Uh, we train you and equip you to do that, to love and care uh, for that person. That could look like going for coffee with them, going for uh, walks with them, helping them, maybe helping with budgeting, maybe helping with running their household, being a friend to them. Uh, in, a, in a way that is safe uh, and beneficial to them. Um, we've got a couple of people who have already been trained, so I'm halfway there to having a team um, to do that from Vine Life. So if you are interested in doing that, training's this Saturday at Withenshaw Community Church. Come and find me afterwards. I'll give you all the details. You can book onto that, and we would love you to be a part of that as well. Um, and I'm looking forward to exciting testimonies uh, of somebody who's being loved into the kingdom and out of homelessness through you guys. Excited about that? Yes, I am. Anyway, me and Andy are. Um, so this morning, um, I was asked to sort of um, share and kind of process really a little bit of what we have been journeying with in January. So those of you maybe not been around us the last few weeks, um, we had a week of prayer and fasting, um, not last week, week before, and we finished with uh, an in-person prayer meeting um, last Sunday evening uh, down at MHOP. Um, down on the Message campus in Sharston. And um, yeah, there was lots of things shared during that week. And uh, so it kind of um, landed with me to kind of try and process that and sort of feel like what the Lord is saying to us as a church community um, and not really wanting to rush on. It could be very easy to go, oh, right, well, we've done prayer and fasting, move on. Uh, 2023, right, let's get going. And I don't know about you, but my January has been pretty intense. It felt like Christmas happened and then bang, we're almost in February. And I was like, whoa, what happened? Uh, and I don't want that to happen when the Lord is speaking to us. Okay. So uh, it's interesting, Andy, you brought up the word disruptor there because I feel like what the Lord's asking me to do is be a bit disruptive this morning. Um, it's been a bit of a, a journey trying to figure out what I was going to say to you this morning. Um, but interestingly, I was at a different church last week talking about Barnabas. You'd be surprised to know. Um, and uh, the leader of that church, uh, it was St. Philip's over in Salford, if you know Gareth, um, he was quoted somebody, uh, David Pitches, you'll know Bishop David Pitches, who set up um, New Wine, which they're a part of. Uh, somebody who was heavily influenced by John Wimber, who has heavily influenced us as a church community. So there's a lot of synergy there. And he, uh, he just 
off the, off the cuff. It was part of his sermon. But he said this. Um, he asked David. He had a moment with him. He's in his late 80s. It was a couple of years ago. He thought, I may never get to speak to this guy again. He's one of my spiritual heroes. He's done da da I'm going to ask him some advice. So he, he went up to him and he asked, he said, as a younger leader, you know, what would be the main thing you want to say to me, um, you know, to give me some good advice going forward? And without uh, pausing, he said to him, I wish I'd prayed more. And you know, when somebody says something, it hits you between the eyes, knowing that I was going to be doing this this Sunday. I was like, oh, yeah, that's the challenge to us. We wish I wish I pray more. Um, and it's been a challenge that's been growing, I guess, in our church community for a little while, um, because um, I'm trying to remember when this was. But back last year, I think it was in sort of May time, we were in the other venue uh, over at St. Peter's uh, and Andy Bostock challenged us to be a people who pray first. And um, that I felt like was a really challenging moment. And I felt like we acted on that. We did, a, we, we did 10 days of prayer and fasting off the back of that. Um, and in that season, um, back then, I feel like, you know, coming out of COVID, coming out of all the change that we've been through as a community, it was felt like, uh, looking back now, that we were a little bit on the back foot. And we were almost like pleading to God, asking God, speak to us, direct us, show us where to go, show us um, what we're going to do. What are we going to do? And there was big questions, big questions about finance, about a building, about um, the future. And it felt, um, looking back, a little bit on the back foot, actually really exciting week, and it was a really great time of God speaking to us. Uh, but this January, when we moved into this season, it felt different to me. Um, I, I sensed we were in a place where we were hearing God to move us forward, to seek him to show us what this year is going to look like. And this was a year of the Lord's favour. That's what we kind of landed on in that passage um, in Luke that was our um, starting point for prayer in the prayer and fasting. So I was thinking about that. I was thinking about this quote last week um, uh, from David Pitches. Um, and then my good friend Phil um, he said to me on the phone during that week of prayer and fasting, it's like the character of this fellowship is starting to come out. And again, you know, when somebody says something, you go, ooh, that's spoken to me. I need to take note of that. And I think part of that character is to refocus on prayer and to um, build strength into our prayer life. Um, and then there's this... Um, a piece of scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5, um, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And that phrase, pray without ceasing, again, really been going around in my head while we've been going through this uh, prayer and fasting. And I got a bit of a check, I think, from the Lord, a bit of a check in my spirit. Um, a bit maybe a warning for us. Don't think we've ticked a box by having a week of prayer and fasting or by getting up on a Zoom at 6.30 a.m. Um, a few of us did that. Um, I didn't put my camera on because I didn't want to shock anybody. Um, but I was up. Uh, or maybe you gave up chocolate or social media. And I just got that. It was all good. That's good stuff. I spent a week feeling hungry. And I'm not good at fasting, and, but it challenged me. I am, I, one of the things I feel the Lord's really got hold of me about is thankfulness. 
because the moment I could have my lunch again on the Monday of this week, I was really thankful for my little buddy uh, at my desk in a way that I probably wasn't a week before. So it's not that those things are bad. In fact, God, the Lord asked us to do it, and it's been good, and it's got good fruit. And I could show you pages and pages of notes that came from that week um, of people's prayers. And I'm distilling it down into three things today. But there, I could have done 15 different things today. But I feel the Lord's asking us not to do religious gymnastics. That's the phrase that I got. We're to be a people of relationship. So those things are good, and we do those things. We pray together, we fast together, and we're going to be offering you prophetic and prayer this morning. These are good things, but that's not it, because the Lord's challenging us to pray without ceasing, or, as the NLT put it, never stop praying. So what does that look like? Well, I don't think, have you got the picture, Dan? Uh, yeah. I don't think it looks like that, although that's a very cute picture. You can tell I stole that off my wife's uh, computer, can't you? Because I think if we do that, I'm going to crash my car. I'm probably not going to get a lot of work done at my desk. Probably going to get in trouble with my boss. That's good, but that's not praying without ceasing. Do you see what I mean? So if I only interact with my wife, for example, once a year or once a week even, I'm in deep trouble in my marriage, Right? If I only eat food once a week on a Sunday, and it's, maybe it's food given to me secondhand by somebody else, that's a bit dysfunctional. Although I know we've just been talking about how good food is as a love language, so not dissing that. But you can't live like that, can you? And I feel like this prayer without ceasing is this constant position of openness to him speaking to us all the time. He's calling us to step into this place of anointing under the Holy Spirit, to be in constant communion with Jesus th through the Holy Spirit, having a conversation all the time, an awareness of his presence everywhere we go, every day. Pray without ceasing all the time. The Amplified talks about being persistent in prayer. You know, we've highlighted even this morning, there are people and situations within even our church community that need persistent prayer, not just a one-off casual prayer, but persistent prayer. I was talking to somebody on the way in about how um, desperate some of the situation is around homelessness in our city. Just one social problem we have in our city, we need persistent prayer to see that change and breakthrough. So, am I saying I don't value prayer meetings? No. In fact, prayer meetings are our springboard to be um, in never-ending prayer. Corporate gatherings are really important places. This is really important. We get to experience each other, hear from each other, stand with each other, and join together to sharpen each other, which is all wonderful. And we're never going to stop doing that. And I also value the secret place, hiding away, focusing on prayer, whatever that looks like for you. But we are a people to be who would never stop praying. It's that two-way conversation with Father God through Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. And of course, this could look like prayer ministry, which will be available this morning over here. Uh, we're going to be praying for the sick. We'll be praying for salvation, for healing, for miracles, for signs and wonders. That's good. It can look like intercession, 
standing in the gap for others, praying on behalf of others for situations, circumstances, societal issues, community needs. We're praying for shift and change to happen. That's where we get to listen to heaven for the Father's desires and ideas for these situations and agree with them for here on earth. Yes, that's good. And it can look like dream interpretation, for instance. Maybe it's praying for wisdom, for life decisions, work decisions, business decisions. I'm not going to prescribe to you the way this is going to look, but I know it's never going to stop. And that's the challenge, right? Jesus went away on his own, but he also ministered to crowds. He also called out individuals. He did all this and more. But crucially, as John 5.19 tells us, he only did what he saw the Father doing. He partnered with heaven. Now, we could look at the news, we could look at all our different issues in the world today, and we could just start going through our list. But is that what Jesus is asking you to do? Is that what the Father is doing in and through your life? Perhaps not. The challenge from Jesus in Matthew 6 is that when you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words and again and again. So that's not unceasing prayer. That's just babbling on and on. So my second part of that challenge, we're, if we're in this place where we're constantly praying, and it doesn't look like hands together, eyes closed, it's praying all the time. How many people have prayed for a car parking space? Yeah? Yes. I was doing it yesterday. I went to the football uh, in Liverpool. It was a traumatic day. But anyway, that's another story. Um, I prayed for a parking space and I got one and I meant in a place I didn't know where I was going. I was literally relying on Google and the Holy Spirit, obviously, um, to get me there. And I got one. But that might sound silly to some people or irreverent. But hey, Jesus is interested in the details. If you're in, I'm encouraged when I get a parking space and answer prayer. I might be more encouraged to pray for somebody who's really sick to see them healed. Do you see what I mean? So living in a place of unceasing prayer means we need to live in this place of anointing of the Holy Spirit. Um, Romans 8, 6 says, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. And the Phillips translation, I, quite, I just stumbled across this, which is quite a, a fun version of this. I say fun, it's challenging. The carnal attitude sees no further than natural things. But the spiritual attitude reaches out after the things of the spirit. The former attitude means bluntly death. The latter means life and inward peace. And this is only to be expected for the carnal attitude is inevitably opposed to the purpose of God. And neither can nor will follow his laws for living. Men who hold this attitude cannot possibly please God. There's a stark contrast there, isn't there, between living in the spirit and living in not in the spirit, in the carnal. And what the, I felt the Lord was saying, through the week of prayer and fasting, it came up a lot. It came up a lot about Holy Spirit, about anointing, about being sensitive to him. Um, if we're going to be a people who are praying without ceasing, we've got to be a people who are listening to Holy Spirit. And it struck me that the things of the spirit are more important than the things of the physical things of this world. Physically, right now, we're a bunch of people in a room who've sung some songs, 
had some music played, and now some bloke is talking to you. That doesn't sound very appealing to me, does it? Does it to you? I don't, I don't know. We believe Holy Spirit is here because he inhabits the praises of his people. So you praising means that God's in the room. This hopefully is, is sharing truth of him. And is, as we speak out the truth of the Bible, his word, it impacts your heart. This is not just me talking, hopefully. And then we're going to invite people to receive prayer. Again, the spiritual that's going on in the room is far more important than the physical space. And uh, I remember, again, going into my world, uh, working at Barnabas, we get donations from all sorts of people. We once got a donation from a humanist church. I was like, what is that? So I Googled them, obviously. And they get in a room and they sing some pop songs together. They hear an inspirational talk and they tell each other what good works they've done, i.e. donations to us, for instance. And that was them. And it really struck me. They did everything we did without the spirit. It was a carnal meeting. Isn't that interesting? And it was a mirror image of what we would say we were doing. But we're doing something far more powerful and far more important. So we need to live in this place of the Holy Spirit, living spirit first, living with our minds set on the spirit. Why is that? Because Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is that. It's a spiritual reality, but he had to use physical things to explain it. He constantly said the kingdom of heaven is like wheat and weeds, mustard seed, yeast, a hidden treasure and a pearl. It's like a merchant, a fishing net, a homeowner, a landowner, a vineyard worker. He used all of those examples and more physical examples to try and explain to the disciples, bless them, love the disciples. They just didn't get it most of the time, did they? Until much later. But it was spiritual realities explained through physical examples. And looking through all the notes, as I said, I've got loads of notes with me this morning from what happened last, uh, last week through the prayer and fasting. He's calling us to a people, be a people who are focused once again on the spirit. Not in some kind of weird charismatic style or activity, but in a very real and gritty sense. That every day we wake up and acknowledge his presence in everything and everywhere we are. So some of the things that were prayed last week were being free from a lukewarm religious mindset. And specifically... Uh, what's referenced in Revelation 3 at the Laodicean church that Jesus calls out as being lukewarm. I was really challenged by that prayer. I remember it happening. I was thinking, oh, wow, yeah, we need to not be like that. And I would say a religious mindset looks like form without power, doing religious things, but nothing really happens. Or reading the word, my little battered Bible down here, reading this, but then not doing it. What the Lord's told you to do after having read this. Maybe relying solely on this moment in the week to feed you. Going back to food again. Maybe we're like Isaiah 58. We've done some fasting. We've done some praying, but we're not tackling injustice. We're not looking at 
maybe where our stuff comes from, what money we give to, what things we can do in our day-to-day -day lives that might make a difference to the people who are suffering in our community. So that was one challenge that I felt very strongly, that we are not to be like the Laodicean church. The other thing that fellow Lord was saying is being free of past traumas and past sin. Again, if we can be and have our minds set on the spirit, there is freedom, there is healing uh, from those things. It's time to move forward. Leave those things behind, having confidence in who we are as a church community and allowing Holy Spirit to lead us and heal us in that moment. I get the privilege of speaking in, in lots of different churches around Manchester, and there are lots of great churches in our city. Be encouraged, everybody, that God is on the move. That's what I want to say. There are people getting healed and saved and all sorts of great projects and social justice is happening through the church in Greater Manchester. Um, but I, I just got a sense that the Lord was saying, we, as in Vine Life, have a unique and special position in the kingdom. And the, one of the things that really stood out to me when I was reading through all the notes from the prayer meetings was that we could be, can be, are, have been, and will be again in the future, a safe space for people to encounter Jesus, to know relationship and not religion, and to set the oppressed free and bring judgment, justice, not judgment, justice, wrong word. So there are many great churches, but we get to do our bit in that. So having our mindset and spirit, you might be saying, Neil, what does that even look like? Sounds a bit, I don't know, out there. So I just want to encourage you with a little story, what that could look like. So this, not coincidence, by the way, this is it. This week, one of my friends messaged me on Instagram, because she's a lot younger than me. So they messaged me on Instagram. I always feel like I'm down with the kids when somebody messaged me on Instagram, because I don't do that. Anyway, it's not quite TikTok. But anyway, she messaged me with a text conversation that she had had with her now husband back in 2018. Okay. And this was an interaction that obviously I only know 50% of because she's never told me this bit before. Um, and this, I hope, will encourage you as to what living by the Spirit can look like. So she was on her way to church and she felt that God was telling her that she should ask for prayer at the end of the church service. So when she went into church, she saw this man and she felt like God was saying, that this is who she should ask to pray for her. Then I thought, hmm, nah, that's weird. I won't. Then at the end of the service, there was this prayer team, prayer team, which was that man and another girl. I also saw two other women, so I went to the other women and explained that she was feeling nervous about something that was coming up. And they were like, ah, oh, that's nice, but you should go to the prayer team. We do something different. I think that was the prophetic team. Like, we're not the prayer team. And I was like, ha ha, oh. Anyway, you might work out who this is. I'm trying to keep this anonymous. Anyway, anyway, so it was like I was dodging that man because I didn't believe that what I felt God was saying to me. Anyway, so I went to the man and he looked like bare excited and was like, it's you. Have you guessed who that man is yet? It's me. 
you were sat behind me. This is what I said. And this is weird, but God told me that you're going to go further and higher. I've never spoken to this man before, and he doesn't know what I do. So, yeah, it was really cool. He also, uh, and he also told me that I should do what I do with God, and, like, God is holding my hand. And then the question was asked by her now husband, how did that make you feel? And she said, yeah, it's definitely made me feel better. So I didn't know that that happened. I'm sorry, that side of the story. So my side of the story was this person came into church and sat behind me and I was aware of her presence. And I just kind of caught her out the corner of my eye. And I felt a nudge of the Holy Spirit saying this word for her that she was going to go further and higher with God. And I was thinking, how am I going to share that with her? She's a lot younger than me. It's not appropriate. Uh, What am I going to do? So anyway, I'm on prayer team with Anna, who's down the front here. Uh, and also, while I was while I was worshiping, I got a pain down my right leg, which came, and I was like, "Oh, that's weird. Why does that come on?" And again, I thought of this particular person. I thought maybe I need to pray for her about something to do with her leg. So anyway, she came forward in that journey. I didn't realize any of that had happened. That she was dodging me. Thought I was a bit weird and uh, a bit overexcited about her coming to to me for prayer. So anyway, she did, obviously. And then I got the opportunity to share that word with her and to pray for her um, and prayed. She did have, she didn't mention it in there, but she did have an injury um, and she was wanting to get prayer for that. And that was the moment, uh, so 2018, and um, yeah, become a bit of a friend of hers and had a bit of a journey uh, with her and her now husband um, over since that time. But the thing I want to highlight is She came to church having God spoken to her. She wasn't confident in that word. She didn't know what was going to happen. She didn't know who was going to pray for her. She gets to church and she she senses that God's saying it's going to be me praying for her. But again, she's dodging it. She doesn't know. So she hasn't got a lot of faith in this scenario. I'm not dissing her because I think she's brave to come to me in the end. And I had, the, the flip side of that is I was aware of her. I didn't know her at this point. I didn't even know her name. And I knew that the Lord was asking me to pray for her, but I didn't know how that was going to happen because I couldn't bowl up to her. But the Spirit was leading us both eventually to something that was quite significant for her. Uh, and um, and what's gone on to happen since has been really amazing. Does that make sense? I think we were both praying without ceasing in that scenario because we were both in dialogue with the Holy Spirit, not knowing what was happening on the other side of that. I very rarely get that kind of feedback um, from anybody, I've I've done some weird things in my time, bowling up to people to say I'm going to pray for you. Or I remember when we used to go treasure hunting. Um, anybody know what treasure hunting is? Where you ask the Holy Spirit to give you like a treasure map of people that you're going to go and pray for out 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 there, not in here. Uh, I remember once having pink hair as one of my clues from the Holy Spirit. I, oh, look at Shirley with her new hair. That's nice hair there, Shirley. Um, it wasn't Shirley. It was just some random bloke. Um, on Oxford Road and I got to pray with him and I just thought that is the weirdest thing I just went up to him and said I think God's telling me to pray for you because you've got pink hair and he just looked at me and he went okay and bizarrely he let me but then I don't know what's going to happen after that I never hear back so this moment was really encouraging and I think it was timely that I got that text and I can share that with you this morning um, because I just don't normally get that feedback. We don't know what's going on when we're being obedient 
to the Holy Spirit. We don't always know what's going on. And I think there's more going on than we know. So can we be a people who are praying without ceasing? Can we be a people who live in the anointing of the Holy Spirit? I think we can. But what is it unto? Well, the other thing that kept being prayed last week was the year of Jubilee. Unto a year of Jubilee. I was like, oh, that's interesting. So for those of you who don't know, the year of Jubilee is part of the um, Old Testament law. The Jews were told to follow. Um, happened in the 50th year. Um, and it was a time of debt relief, releasing slaves, time of rest. Um, the Lord asked them to do this um, on the 50th year. So in Leviticus 25, it says this. Count off seven Sabbath years, seven times seven years. So that the seven Sabbath years amount to a period of 49 years. Then have the trumpet sounded everywhere on the 10th day of the seventh month. On the day of atonement, sound the trumpet throughout your land. Consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. Each of you is to return to your family property and to your own clan. The 50th year shall be a jubilee for you. Do not sow and do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the untended vines, for it is a jubilee and is to be holy for you. Eat only what is taken directly from the fields. And then there's a discourse that they have with God's like, what are we going to do? How are we going to live if we don't plant anything in the sixth year? Uh, and the Lord says, you know, he's going to provide for them enough for two years um, so that they can then harvest again after that. And then this final little phrase is interesting. Even if someone is not redeemed in any of these ways, they and their children are to be released in the year of Jubilee. For the Israelites belong to me as servants. They are my servants whom I brought out of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. So a year of Jubilee is characterized by rest, supernatural provision, release from debt, and release from slavery. And also people returning to their tribes, returning to their family. And it starts with a day of atonement, or as I would like to call it, the day to be at one with God. Um, which in the New Testament, obviously, that atonement work is done by Jesus on the cross to atone for our sins and make us one with God again. So we as a church family have been saying we want to put Jesus as the head of the church. And from this place, we can move in greater intimacy with God, the place of constant prayer. And we have a leadership team now. We don't have a senior um, leader as such. Um, but in that context, we're all pressing in to hear what Jesus is saying to us as a church community. And we've all got a slightly different perspective. And it's really challenging and healthy and clunky all at the same time. Um, but I feel like it's kingdom. Um, but does that mean that we can move from that place into this year of Jubilee? I think it does. Um, and I think it's a year of Jubilee for us, but also for those of, around us who don't know him yet. I don't know about you, but I want my friends to have supernatural rest or provision or to be set free from debt, um, particularly the debt of sin and slavery to this world, which ultimately leads to death, as we've just been reading about. And let's be a people who are praying into that all the time, continuously. And um, we're talking a lot um, together about, um, certainly in the CLT, our leadership team, about how we can be a people who are, are with Jesus, 
of becoming like Jesus and of being sent by Jesus. And, you know, as Moses said, I don't want to do anything unless you come with us, Lord. And I think that's our heart of doing the prayer and fasting, of trying to listen more intently. And hopefully that's a springboard into this year to be a year where we are praying without ceasing, living in that anointing of the Holy Spirit and releasing this year of Jubilee into our city. And if we know we have got God with us, then nothing's impossible, right? Nothing is impossible. And I'm hopeful that we can be a safe place for people to encounter Jesus. Not just uh, a safe place for us to sing some songs, have some food even, but a place where people can encounter Jesus. This could be a welcoming space. Your homes could be a welcoming space. Your workplaces, wherever you show up. Let's be a people who make it a safe place to meet Jesus. And that's what I sense that the year of the Lord's favor that we landed on, the end of that um, passage, actually it's for everybody. It's for everybody. Um, little fun story, I, was, I went um, for a swim on Friday night, which I regretted for the rest of the weekend because I felt cold ever since. But anyway, it's at the, mess, at the forum and the message, we're doing an event there. Ginny was there actually, weren't you, Ginny? And uh, so I got chatting to the team afterwards and they're telling me 500 young people went to that event on Friday night. It was a No More Knives event. It was part of their school's outreach they've been doing in Withenshaw. First time they've done mission, been allowed to do mission to the schools in Withenshaw for 15 years. I was like, oh, that's significant because they're a Withenshaw-based charity. 500 people attended. 140 kids made a decision for Jesus on Friday night. Is that exciting? Come on. So I said to my friend who uh, is actually one of the, was one of the students there, he now works for the message. I said, well, I'm on the microphone on Sunday. I'm going to share that. And I want to get us to pray for that to be lasting fruit and just the start of a year of Jubilee. Don't we want our kids and our young people to be free of all the junk in the world and all the stuff they're exposed to and know Jesus is their savior? I'm just really excited about that. Just that's a start, isn't it? There are thousands of kids who need to know, thousands of millions of people in this city who need to know Jesus. So I'm encouraged that this is the year of the Lord's favor. We've started it well with prayer and fasting. It's good, but it's not it. It's a springboard into a lifestyle of never ending, never stop praying. Should we give it a go? Yeah? Report back in a year's time, see what happens? Yeah? Sounds good. Shall we stand together? Let's pray. There's a couple of things I want to I want to pray for us, um, but firstly, I just got a sense that. The Lord's asking us to redig the wells of the supernatural. That's a very Christian, charismatic phrase that I've just pulled out there. But it was, a, it was something that was prayed last Sunday night. And we have a history in this, this community of the supernatural. In fact, it was one of the things I referenced John Wimber and David Pitches earlier. That's one of the things they were really passionate about bringing to the church, the wider church in this country. 
that we would be spirit-led, spirit-filled people that see the supernatural as part of who we are. And that is not something weird and wonderful, as I said earlier. We are all equipped because we all have the Holy Spirit. So I want to pray for that, firstly, and then I want to pray for us to be in this. What does this year of Jubilee look like for you? What does it look like to live unceasing prayer, seeing people set free, set free from debt, set free from sin, your own lives, your family, the city? Is that okay? So there's nothing magical in this, but I just get a sense if we want to put your hands out to receive, like you're receiving a gift, and particularly the gift of healing this morning. So just close your eyes, just focus on Jesus, just be aware of his presence. Don't be distracted by anything else. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you again. <laughs> we give you permission to move amongst us again. And specifically, Lord, I ask that you would open up those wells for your spirit to flow through us. We are supposed to be the conduits for your spirit to move. So again, I ask, Lord, for your anointing for healing, in particular this morning. So let's just wait on him for a moment. get a sense of anything on you, feel anything tingling on your hands perhaps, or heat. And I just want to pray for us now as a community to be a people who live in this anointing of your Holy Spirit, who live in this place of never stop praying. Lord, I pray that even today will be a springboard to be aware of your presence as we go home for lunch as we do things this afternoon, as we go to work tomorrow or look after the kids or go to groups tomorrow, whatever that looks like for you, that you would be in that constant communion and communication with the Holy Spirit. And I want to pray for anybody who thought, I can't do that or I don't hear him or it's really difficult. Just start by saying, welcome, Holy Spirit. Good morning, Holy Spirit. See what he does. Come, Holy Spirit, I pray. So, <clears throat> this morning we've been talking about Jesus involved in your life, involved in everything you do, in your thought processes and your decisions. If you, this morning, don't know Jesus in that way, or you've never given your life to Jesus in that way, or maybe you did once, but you're not walking in that again, then we want to give you the opportunity to make that choice, to come back to him. It's just a simple choice to say yes to Jesus and acknowledge him as your saviour, as the son of God. So if you would like to do that, um, then just come and say hi to one of us down here on the prayer team um, after our time together. I'm just going to pray for us all now because there will either be people in the room or people you know who need to know Jesus. But don't leave without chatting to one of us. We would love 
to pray with you, to give you a Bible, to have a chat with how you can connect with all the stuff that's going on here in a different way. So, Jesus, I thank you that you are our saviour, you are the son of God, and that you came so that we can be set free from the world of pain and sin that so easily entangles us. You came to set us free, to give us life and eternity. And I pray for those this morning who don't know you, either in this room or represented in this room, to come and find you, Jesus. Thank you that you're knocking on the doors of our hearts, that you're uh, welcoming us into your kingdom. And I pray this morning for anybody who hasn't made that step, to make that step this morning. And just ask that in your name, Jesus. Amen. Hope you enjoyed today's message. If you want to find out more, head to our website, findlife.co.uk, or follow us on Instagram. God bless and see you soon.